Oh my god, I almost had a perfect intro. What is up, everybody? Oh, there we go. <laughs> what is up, everyone? Uh, welcome into this week's episode of Sundays with Sin. It is episode 11. And today I have my dear friend Connor, who is the head operating uh, persona for um, his, its magic. Shadow magic gems Shadow, and jewelry. Shadow magic gems and jewelry. Yes. So Connor and I have known each other for uh shit. When did we we met we met before I had Tobias? I My oldest so, yeah. was it? So Tobias would be seven. So I've known you for eight years. Yeah. So yeah, man, and then I've known it had been that long. I don't it's either right before I got pregnant with Tobias or like right after I had him. So some because I yeah, know I it, was it was before, before it was before you had your son. I know that. Yep. So yeah, probably we're going on like eight years, and then I've known. Oh shit, I know them for. God, seventh grade, seventh grade oh, yeah, you know with your wife. I know that's more since childhood. Okay, we we go way oh, yeah. fucking back. <laughs> so um, how did you? First of all, tell us a bit. What exactly is wire wrapping? So it's like a. It's a type of jewelry production that actually started in ancient Egypt. So that's a fun little fact about wire wrapping. Okay. But as opposed to most jewelry that you see that would be considered fabrication jewelry, where you do like soldering and stuff like that, this is all cold fusion. So it all just starts out as straight wires. And, you know, I bend them, twist them, weave them, layer them into, you know, independence. So it does have a little more limiting factors than, uh, you know, than your traditional jewelry does, but it's yeah. got some really cool roots and a lot of, uh, a lot of really talented jewelers get started by wire wrapping. So that's kind of where I'm at right now with it. And you've been doing this for how long? Man, probably like at least, at least six years at this point. I, th I think I'm at yeah. least at like six or seven years. You know, there've been times where I like haven't wire wrapped for quite a while. So I definitely had like gaps in that time. You know, it's just, schedule energy level you know not always able to wire up all the time so i've gone like some periods of months without doing it in that time period but i think i started right around six or seven years ago and i've come a long way from what i made back then yeah now esme has also done wire wrapping too right so like it's kind of like oh yeah not as much i know that they really enjoyed it um so but it hasn't been got me started kind of she started yeah. before i did so, yeah. Uh, or they, excuse me. So they You're started right. before I did where, uh, you know, we, we both have always loved gems and crystals and stuff like that. And we started collecting them for a while. And then they started wire wrapping. We both saw a couple of our friends and some other people that wire wrapped and wanted to try it. Uh, they started off really kind of uh, took the lead there for a while. But then she's been or they've been focusing more on their crocheting right now. So I kind of just stuck with wire wrapping and they're in the in the crochet game. She makes some really awesome crochet stuff. Or yeah. they, excuse me. I've seen it. No, you're fine. I've seen I have seen uh the crochet that they've made too. And I'm like, this is this is fucking cool, dude. Like, what can you make me? <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Um, real quick, I'm getting a little bit of feedback on my audio on your end. If you wanna turn me down just like a smidge, it's yeah. like it's like your phone is just yelling at us right now. Not too much, better? so you can still hear me. Yeah, that sounds a little bit better, I think. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Um, so, (laughs) um, so you also, I, I remember that you had started working at an actual jeweler store, right? Yeah. So you're a jeweler. So what do you do there? What is your, like, what does your job entitle there entail? So the, I work for like a major like corporate style jewelry retailer and I'm the office manager over there. Mm-hmm. So I do sell too, obviously, like I'm still out there on the floor selling jewelry, but my main concern and job title entails like handling all of the repairs, making sure what's going on with the repairs needs to get done, um, inventory, like taking in and shipping out inventory, keeping track of inventory counts and stuff like that. So as management would call it, it's kind of the boo-boo work that most of the salespeople don't <laughs> want to do, but it's kind of more, uh, I guess, more catered to what I want to do eventually, because eventually I want to be a bench jeweler and stuff like that. So I think it's kind of smarter for me to work on the back end of things rather than the front end of things, because that's where ultimately I want to be. Okay, gotcha. Now you have... um. You had was that the only piece that you had there, or did you have another one that you were going to show? Yeah, I've only got two right now. I've been kind of buried with customs recently. That was a bigger one I did, and this is a little. The camera can see it. A little watermelon theme piece I did. Oh, okay. I really like using channel settings with small little two millimeter gems in a lot of my work. That's kind of what I'm starting to get known for a little bit. Nice. I've definitely put a lot of work into making my channels nice. It's a very, it's a very interesting, a very interesting line of work. I'm not going to lie. You wouldn't think that that's a thing until you get like, until you learn about it. And then you're like, all of a sudden you see oh, it yeah. everywhere. Because once I found out that you guys were doing it, then I started getting ads like all over my phone of like <laughs> custom pieces and wire wrapping and like everybody's buying it. And it's like a new fad. And I'm like, none of you bitches started doing this shit until I saw it like one time for my friends. And now everybody oh, and their yeah. mother is doing it. You're the wire <laughs> algorithm now. Yeah, it's definitely gotten yeah. a lot more popular over the last few years. Like even whenever I started wire wrapping, it was gaining a lot of popularity. So I'm I'm definitely yeah. by no means one of the pioneers of it at all. I mean, you know, there have been people making awesome wire wraps since like the nineties and even the eighties and stuff like that. It just hasn't I mean, in general, the whole gemstone and jewelry market has kind of exploded within the last few years with the advent of Facebook and social media and mm. stuff like that, where like you know, it's not only wealthy or high-end people that are collecting gemstones and jewelry now, but it's more so people in, you know, all walks of life and all, you know, ranges of wealth are kind of getting into it. So that's why wire wrapping is good, too, because, I mean, you can get a lot more out of most, like, three to $500 wire wrap pieces than you could ever get for three to $500 at a jewelry store. So I think that's why that's kind of exploding because a lot more people are getting into jewelry, but not everybody wants to pay, you know, $2,000 for a piece of jewelry that's that big. Whereas like, yeah, you know, I sure as fuck $1,200 can get you a piece of jewelry like that big. Yeah, I sure as, I sure as fucking not spend that kind of money. <laughs> yeah. I don't even like jewelry then, that much. <laughs> I do know then, that. You know, different gems too, because <laughs> diamonds are overrated. Diamonds are so overrated and people... You know, people like getting different minerals around the world, and now well, different minerals are attainable because of you know social media and stuff well, like I've, that. I've people noticed from that, like the 
the newer kind of fashion statement now is like even engagement rings and wedding bands aren't so much diamonds anymore. You see sapphires and emeralds and rubies that you're seeing. And then you see other ones that are custom pieces that are like, I saw a girl at amethyst styled. Like it was amethyst is like the main stone in her engagement ring. And I was like, that's my favorite. I want that. You know what I mean? I was like, that is, I I want, I don't know where you got, I want that. But yeah. like how you said, like diamonds are overrated. I mean, that's I feel like that's that's really valid, though, because that's not even people don't go for diamond rings as much anymore. Or you don't see that as often for engagement rings and wedding bands, too. I mean, shit, most people prefer to get one of those silicone bands rather yep. than spend money on fucking, you know, the I don't even know the carrot sizes, whatever they are. You you, you do this. I don't. But average for a diamond engagement ring is like a one carrot or something like that. There you go. There you go. Yeah. See, I just, I, speaking of the, um, the gem, like the amethyst, I think if I'm not mistaken, that's kind of what you guys were in before you started doing the wrapping, wasn't it? You were buying stones like left and right. Yeah. And you had a shit ton of them out all the time. And there was one post where I saw in this specific amethyst piece spoke to me and I messaged Esme and I was like, I want that. I was like, I need that right there. And I was supposed to get it ready for the podcast so I can show it. And I have no idea where I put it. Now I got to go find it later. But I remember I like I saw the post and I it was like the one like right in the middle. And I messaged them and I was like, that's it right there for me. Wrap it however the fuck you want to. I was like, but I want that specific stone. And oh, it's yeah. like one of my favorite pieces. Yeah, if it wasn't did- for them, I, I probably wouldn't be making jewelry right now because, like I said, they're what got it all started. I always loved uh, buying gems and collecting crystals and stuff like that, but they're they're definitely the ones that got it started on that. Yeah, and it's it's grown a lot since. Like it's it's really crazy because I never really think about like how long I've been doing this sometimes and how much I've grown since then. But you know, used to. I used to get excited about buying little parcels of smoky quartz that big. And, you know, now I'm ordering kilos of stuff at a time whenever I can. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I've noticed because I'm one of the people who have seen your growth from the start. Right. So like I was around when you guys first started this. So I saw those first shipments. I saw those first posts. I saw those first wraps. And then now I'm seeing it now where you guys are. And I'm just like, holy shit, this is like a night and day difference. Oh, and yeah. it's kind of crazy comparing like some of your first pieces to where you are now and you don't realize the vast difference that there is in the technique that you guys have formed or like the the quality or the products or the quantity that you're doing too. It's really oh, yeah. how did um how did you guys get into stones to start with? Was that an Esme thing too or have you always been interested in stones? So I've always loved mm. stones. So Excuse me, I'm losing my voice. I know I sound really raspy right now. It's getting so difficult to speak. (laughs) (laughs) So like the main three things that got me into stones was my two favorite video games growing up was Spyro and Crash Bandicoot. Yes, I play those on stream. Yeah, anybody that's familiar with those, you know, the main goals of those games is collecting the gems. Yeah. Um, anytime we would go to a hobby shop or anything like that, I always wanted a rock or something like that. But the jewelry aspect of it, whenever I was like six or eight years old or something like that, my family took a vacation to Key West, Florida. And uh, we went to the Mel Fisher Treasure Museum in Key West, Florida. 
So okay. it's this guy in, I guess, the 80s. He was uh, looking for treasure off the coast of Florida and stuff like that. And he found a sunken treasure ship from, I want to say, like the 1600s, maybe the 1400s, but I want to say 1600s. Spanish treasure ship called the Atocha that was just loaded with gold coins and jewelry and stuff like that. And, you know, I have like this photographic memory of in the museum seeing this like long, uh, it was like a giant emerald, like maybe that big in a, in a gold setting on a chain. And th it's just burned into my memory of that's what wanted, you know, that's what like planted the jewelry seed for me. Wow. My kids actually are really big into emeralds right now because of Sonic the Hedgehog. Nice. They're really, yep. they're really big. So my daughter actually, I'll send you a picture of it. And I wanted to talk to Esme about getting like a little like kit. Have you guys ever, do you guys make like kits, like starter kits where people want to do like easy wire wrapping at home kind of thing or like jewelry they can make with jewels or gems? I've done that a couple times. I definitely could do that. I think I'm going to reach out to you guys about getting something set up. Her birthday is coming up. And she is, we got her a rock kit, actually. Um, shit, Negan was just shopping. We were just out one day and Negan decided to buy like Legos for Tobias. And then Adeline got like a gem set. And so yeah. she actually had to take the gems and put them in the tumblers and go through the process. It was like a three week process to actually like get the shit off of it to, you know, cut it and shine it the way it's supposed to be. And yeah. it took us, I swear to you, it was like three weeks, like a month process. Um, but she, she loves it. Right. So it was like put it in the rock tumbler and you put the little solution in there with water and, you know, you just let it sit. And I had it sitting in my laundry room. That shit was louder than my damn, my, my fucking dryer. Okay. That, that thing was oh, yeah. loud. It takes um, a lot of power too. It does. It does. We had to hook it up to a specific outlet because the other outlets just wouldn't cut it for the the power that it needed. I guess so. We had to we yeah. had to hook it up to the same outlet that our our washer and dryer hooked up to. Actually, <laughs> like that was the only outlet in the house that worked. Um, and mm -hmm. because of the noise too, we had to keep it in a room where like okay, we're used to noise coming from here. Um, but I I want to get something put together for her in regards to that because. She is really big in gems and jewels and like really cool rocks. We'll go on nature yeah. hikes. We just found actually um natural turquoise um in the Merrimack Springs out in Missouri. Nice. So we went That's out. Awesome. Yeah, I'll send you a picture. It's actually really cool. Like I don't know how common it is to find the turquoise out there, but it was literally like the only piece that we saw. And it was just sitting there kind of like in the water, knee and saw it. And so we went ahead That's and we grabbed awesome. it and like we're looking at it and we're researching. I'm like, this is this is fucking like raw turquoise. I'm like, this is legit. I'm like, this is so cool. I've like you have to go to the store to buy this shit. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I bet you that's beautiful. I, I don't think I've ever heard of turquoise from Missouri. So I mean if if that's turquoise, that's a nice piece right there. Yeah. That's yeah, well maybe piece. maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm wrong. So maybe I'll have to send it to you and be like, hey, professional, yeah. tell me what this is. <laughs> I, I could give you an educated guess. I I'm I'm the guy where my friends are always sending me pictures of rocks, like, hey, what I do you will. think this is? I'm going to send you a picture of it because I mean, I look at it compared to other turquoise and it's like almost identical. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, oh, yeah. so I, but again, I don't know shit for fuck about rocks or gems. I mean, mineral wise, it's definitely possible. I, would, I, I wouldn't say that it's impossible by any means. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> excuse me. That was a big cough. I apologize. Hi, Rockstar. <laughs> welcome to the chat. So, as far as the 
um, aspect of like the wire wrapping and the jewels and the gems and all that got started, where do you, where do you make the most sales? Do you do in-person sales? Do you do over the phone, like online sales? Where do you find the most traction for your creations? It's, it's really a mix, honestly, because, um, for a while there, my online sales were pretty good and, you know, it, I mean, for me anyway, and I think for most people, it takes a good, uh, you know, it takes a good while to build a good rapport in the online community, because while you'll always get those buyers that are like, you know, just kind of random and will just buy something they like out there, like the actual collectors and some of like, you know, even the resellers that you want to be able to access, it takes a while for you to build like a reputation of somebody who's trustworthy to spend that kind of money with, because it. You know, there's a lot of money in the industry and there's a lot of people, too, that get into this industry thinking that it's just going to be their get rich quick scheme. You yeah. know, like it's one of those things where if you don't have a genuine love for it, the industry will eat you and, you know, spit you out. Yeah, I because, can imagine. You know, it, it takes real passion for it and real like desire to want to be good at this and be somebody who's trustworthy to actually be good at it. And, you know, I'm definitely not the best at it by any means. I'm still very... <laughs> very very small scale in comparison to the online market but you know recently with the economy being what it is now and all that my sales have like absolutely tanked i know it's not like that for everybody but me personally my online sales have absolutely tanked since the economy started going in shitter yeah wow so you do, but you do in-person sales too, right? So you said yeah. that you actually do like the flea market here in town. Do you do the one yeah. here in town by the fairgrounds? Yeah, I've so I haven't been doing it I saw you because... at one of them when we were doing it for um, yeah. Third Eye. I was actually there setting yeah. up for Ashton, and I had seen you guys there. You had set up for um, your gems and stuff back then. Do you still yeah. do those there? So recently, I haven't been doing the flea market so much. I still do the uh, the American Legion flea market whenever they have theirs. They have theirs like two or three times a year. But the Belleville flea market, it's just hard to consistently get in there with my work schedule and stuff like that. Because yeah. working retail, they obviously always want me there on Saturdays and or Sundays. Yeah, so, especially the holidays coming up, I can imagine, yeah. especially with Christmas. That's probably a big one for jewelry. And then it's really kind of cutthroat at the flea market, too, because like the Belleville flea market, there mm. are more people that want spots than there are spots. And especially this time of year, like, you know, I don't want an outdoor spot whenever it's this cold. If I'm yeah. not indoors, I'd rather not be there. Yeah. But then whenever you are indoors, if you miss one month, you know, you lose your spot and somebody fills in that spot very quickly and spots inside open up very rarely. And yeah. then, you know, it's a space issue, too, because if I get just get one or two spots outside, I can set up like probably a total of six tables out there. But one spot inside, it's just an eight foot table. So whenever you have as much like inventory as I do, you have to really pick and choose like what you want to bring out there whenever you only have an eight foot table space. Mm, but gotcha. uh, so recently I've been vending more like music shows and stuff like that. Like yeah, uh, my friend Micah runs uh, Stage Town Productions. Shout out Stage Town Productions. They've been, <laughs> uh, they've been running some raves here in Belleville at the nunnery and stuff like that. And I think they're getting involved with some of the shows out in St. Louis too. So those have been pretty successful for me. And I think it's a really good environment too for the kind of stuff I do because, you know, wire wrappers and gem people are really kind of ingrained into the... Uh, you know, into the electronic music community. So the EDM you know, stoners. 
Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. kind of like a, it's a big, you know, when you think of somebody who, who would like a wire wrapping or like a jewel piece like that, you're like, mm, they definitely took it up. Like they, oh, yeah. they definitely like this music. They smoke this stuff. Like, yeah, it's yeah. definitely, uh, I, I figured that would probably be a really good, a really good like venue for you and your, your creations yeah. that you have there. <clears throat> and, you know, it's a little more fun for me too. You know, I, I love going to raves and the kind of, the kind of party environment every once in a while. So that makes the event a little more fun for me too. I've never outgoing. I've never actually been to a rave. I did go to Tut back in the day. Nice. Do you remember Tut? Is that even still a thing anymore? I honestly don't know. Like I vaguely know who you're talking about, but I do know who so you're talking about. It was it was turn up Tuesdays and it was called Tut and it was oh, out in Missouri. Oh, oh, oh. Turn up Tuesday. Dude, I uh-huh. so quick little side note here. Okay, <laughs> sidebar on this. Oh geez. This is back in my experimenting days when I did this before I came a mother. So if any of my exes are on here getting ready to like pin this against me, it was before I became a mom. Um <laughs> but I I remember going out there and there was it was like a it was like a an abandoned building of some sort and there was like three different yeah. levels to this shit and there was like one section where people were like playing video games there's another section downstairs where it was like a in a basement and it was like a dance floor and people would do like the finger stuff with like the lights on their fingers like uh-huh. then there's like this like hole literally hole in the wall where you would walk outside and there's people doing like um the the light the, the light fire things and stuff. in the and spinning fire and then spinning lights and shit out there and they're all like high oh, yeah. on all sorts of fucking drugs and drunk obviously and um there was a friend who tried getting me to try ecstasy and I was like I am not doing that right now and I'm not doing it here haven't done it um but not I definitely was not doing it then I was like I am too scared to do anything other than maybe have this beer right now i was like i'm not doing this yeah unfamiliar territory is not <clears throat> is not usually a good time to experiment with new things no no absolutely not absolutely not so yeah, what there, kind there of some spots in st louis they have shows that where you know you look at the parking lot you're like man i gotta i gotta get out from my car and get inside the building this is a little sketchy but you know I yeah guess that's what underground raids are then there's this other there's other places where like you look around you're like "Mm, yeah how quick can i back up out of this parking lot Mm -hmm. yeah i've been to a lot of those where i'm like maybe i just am a scary bitch maybe i'm not as hard as i thought i once was now i'm terrified of my own fucking shadow i mean that's why we do it you know the being scared in the parking lot every once in a while makes you feel alive i don't know man not anymore Maybe back in the day. Maybe for sure <laughs> no, back in the day. For for now, it's like no, I I don't I get scared going to Aldi, man. I don't even want to go to Aldi anymore. Where I'm just like, yeah. what exactly can I have dashed to my house right now so I don't have to leave? That's why I really love the shows that uh that Sagetown runs because like I've ne- I've honestly never felt safer at a rave before than the ones that Sagetown runs at the nunnery, and it really sucks. Yeah. That this, you know, like they just had a city council meeting because you know Belleville's never cool sit, so they're trying to mess yeah. with them for running shows there a little bit, and I think they're still trying to get that figured out. 
but it's really messed up that like they're messing with them because again compared to any rave i've been especially the ones out in st louis like i've never felt more safe at a rave than i do at those raves i might have to check one out one night i don't know maybe we'll see um what are some of the coolest raves that you've been to where you've sold like so are you describe the area to me like give me a scenario of like how the rave is how you set up like where are you at in this and where do you like showcase your stuff are you the only person selling things is it kind of like a concert where like there's a whole little section of like merchandise like how does that work so that's usually how it is because I'm I'm somewhat new to vending raves. Like I've only been vending raves for the last year. So I've only vended a couple at the nunnery in Belleville. And then I've vended one out in St. Louis. And that's basically how it is. Like they'll have a little section off to the side where you'll have a bunch of different vendors there. Like you'll have some people selling crystals, wire wraps, paintings, uh, hoops and stuff, different works of art. Um, but probably honestly, my coolest vending experience that was my favorite was vending at, uh, at reconnection festival earlier this year. That was okay. really cool. Cause I didn't, you know, at music festivals, they'll have what's called shakedown street, you know, where like all the vendors and stuff like that will set up, but vendor fees for festivals are a little bit expensive and it's like quite a rigorous process to actually get in there. So I just freelanced a little bit and I kind of set my camp up and, you know, out by the campsites um, on like the main drag of lot. And I just set up my easy up and set up my tables right next to my tent. So anybody walking to the other campsite or to the water from Shakedown had to pass by me or anybody walking from there towards Shakedown had to pass by me. So that that was a really fun weekend of like, you know, whenever I was at my booth, it was you know, even whenever people weren't buying, it was just fun, like everybody coming and hanging out and looking at stuff and just, you know, yeah. being together with the festival experience. It was that that was probably my favorite. Yeah. Do you think this is something that you can actually turn to like you plan on making like a full time career out of or is this just more of a hobby that makes you extra cash on the side? So right now, it's definitely a hobby that makes me extra cash on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got like you know, I've got a lot of different options in front of me of what I can cement down on doing in the future. Like, I think if I keep, you know, putting enough time and money into this, I think it can definitely grow into something where I can make it a full-time thing. And especially if I can get into more curated events too. Like if I can get, like, I just got invited to vent a gem show here. It's ran by the people that do Midwest Crystal Fest, I think December 8th, 9th, and 10th. So I'm going to try to go out there because the one problem I have with making sales on some stuff is that, you know, I try to get stuff for everybody. Like, you know, I've got everything Mm -hmm. from crystals that are a couple of dollars for, you know, newer collectors and kids and stuff like that. But then I've got stuff that, you know, pretty much belongs in somebody's safe if they buy it. And, you know, that's kind of more the stuff I like to collect myself and like to have in is the more niche high end collectors minerals. And I've mm-hmm. been cutting stones, too, recently, the past, like, six or seven months. And that's the stuff I like to cut, too, because, you know, I just like seeing stuff and dealing with stuff that you don't really see every day and that some talk people about, haven't heard of. Yeah, talk about cutting stones. So what exactly do you, what's the process of cutting stones? So. It's probably, it's probably exactly what it is, is what I'm saying. You're cutting stones. I gather yeah. that much. But, like, talk me through that a bit. Tell me a bit about how you do this. So it starts out as a piece of rough, like, for example, here's like a piece of rough. This is actually some pretty cool rare stuff. This is um, azurite and malachite petrified wood from Arizona. 
they sent a sample of this to a lab and it came back like 96% pure copper. So this is like a rough piece of it. This is it dug straight out of the ground. It's actually a fossilized tree that got replaced with copper. You can see like the kind of tree bark texture right there. Oh, that's cool. So then you uh, take a piece of rough, you cut it in, you know, something like that. You would cut into a smaller, more manageable piece to make what's called a cabochon, which is a stone with like a flat bottom and a domed top. Okay. And so this is actually a couple cabochons of that material that I cut. Oh, wow. Shaped it on wheels of different, different grits. You start out at like. How many pieces can you get from that one piece of rough? How many pieces can you get out of that? Oh, from that piece of rough, if I cut it all into small stones this size, I mean, I could probably get like seven to 12 stones out of this, depending on how big I want my stones to be. That's pretty cool. You would never think, the looking at the, the cut piece, you would never think that that came from something that looked like what you just showed us. Yeah, really darkened up. Like, you can see a little bit of the wood texture in there, but yeah, it's you so can. copper heavy, it's almost like it's, you can't see it that well on camera, but it's got like a metallic no, you'll have blue to send me, to it. You'll have to send me pictures of it so I can link that into the videos and stuff. Yeah. Here's some stuff I cut today. This is a banger right here. Oh, that is so cool. It like almost has like a clear. What is that? This is a rutilated quartz from Brazil. So it's, oh, that's pretty cool. It's like a water clear quartz and it's got a bunch of gold rutile needles going through it. That's actually really cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm super proud of this one. It came out really nice. Yeah, it looks nice. So, yeah, it's you start out at usually like an 80 and, you know, there it's a machine that has like a bunch of wheels on it and yeah. the wheels are impregnated with like diamond paste at different grits. So you start out at like 60 or 80 grit to shape the stone. And then your final polish with cerium oxide brings it up to like 50,000 grit, which gives it like that mirror finish on there. So, you know, oh. as you go up to the higher grits, you're taking off less and less materials and getting rid of uh, microscopic scratches on the surface to give it that kind of mirror finish. That's interesting. So how, how did you learn to cut the stone? Did you learn from like a mentor? Did you watch videos on how to do it? Like, how did you, um, how did you learn to go ahead and actually cut the rough? So I, ever since I've been collecting, I've been wanting to cut stones for years. And I've watched a lot of like YouTube videos, like, uh, like I love opals. So I love watching opal cutters on there, like black opal direct and Pulitzer opal. And then there's this guy, lapidary Dave that does a lot of, uh, videos on there of stone cutting but i'm currently apprenticing over this guy george sharos he's a uh he's like the somewhat retired head jeweler from old world jewelers in swansea okay. so i go i go over there he's got the machinery and stuff and he's been teaching me how to cut stones and i think that's really been helping me progress quicker than the average person whenever it comes to cutting cabs because like i'm actually getting to where i can cut some pretty good like collector's grade cabochons now and it's all thanks to him. That's actually really cool. I I didn't know you got into the cutting aspect of it just yet. I knew you were dabbling more. I knew you were experimenting more and like learning more stuff. Oh yeah. I don't think I realized or I know you post about it a lot and I try to like it every time I see it come on my page, but I don't think I put two and two together that you are actually taking this rock and cutting it and and forming it and molding it and shaping it and actually doing all yeah. that. That's a that's a whole different level 
of artwork. That's insane. That's actually really cool and something to be really proud of. I love it, man. I want to I want to be able yeah. to be involved in like every single process of the jewelry production. Like I want to, like the only two things I'm missing from having a hand in everything that happens is, you know, once I get into soldering and fabricating, I can like melt my own components and pull my own wire and stuff like that from scrap wire. And then once I go out and mine my own stones from the ground, then that'll be like the full process of like from the stone coming out of the ground to the finished piece of jewelry. There's literally no middleman in me doing everything. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Right on. Well, I'm super proud of you for that. That's actually a really it's it's kind of crazy. You know, like being your friend for so long and seeing you get started in it and then see where you're at now. It's actually a really it's like a different sense of pride. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, I like yeah. the the familiar pride, like, you know, like the mom, the dad, the son or whatever, like being proud of you as a child, like your partner being proud of you, your kid being proud of you, like as your friend seeing you do this, like that's a whole different sense of pride where it's like, damn, dude, like you're killing it. Like this is awesome. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. I Thank like you. it. I appreciate that. Thank you. Of course. So the big, big question, obviously, that people have been anticipating here is you went to a vendor recently, right? Oh, man. And it was yeah. a different type of rave. It was yeah. a kinky was rave. A, yeah, it was a kink theme rave in St. Louis. Um, okay. It was originally supposed to be at the Mississippi Underground, but they literally changed the venue for it like two hours before the rave even started. I don't. Know I heard exactly that's kind why. of common for raves. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You always <laughs> got to be on your toes whenever you go into a rave. But yeah. it was a surprising turnout. Like a bunch of people came, though, even with the two-hour time change. Um, you know, people uh, people definitely were getting kinky over there. We were. Uh, I <laughs> went there with my buddy Canyon because it was, it was my friend Canyon that also sells crystals and does wire apps and stuff. He invited okay. me to go out there and kind of tag team vend with him at his table. Like we would sell some mm -hmm. of his stuff and some of my stuff, so we could have all together a better setup. And uh, we were set up right across from a spanking station. So, yeah, that was a... Uh, I'm sorry, a what? Spank. Yeah, a spanking station. Okay. There was some leather cats of nine tails, some paddles and stuff, and just, and, you know, there was a spanker there. If anybody wanted the spanker to spank them, or if they wanted one of their friends to spank them and use the tools, that was, that was an option. Um, there were these two absolute legends that were there. It was uh, a guy and a girl, you know, you can... They were maybe their late 30s, early 40s. You could tell they've been doing this a while. And right. he was spanking her for a good 25 minutes. Just straight. <laughs> just bah, 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 bah. It got to the point where people that were walking by the tables to go to the show were then walking back by the tables and turning their head to me like, is this still the same chick? I'm like. Oh, my God. What a fucking beast she is. Oh, yeah. I got. I don't know. I don't know what her Negan name was, smacked me with the belt by accident. Negan hit me with the belt by accident the other day, and I broke down in tears almost. And he's just like, "I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to hit you." And I was like, "I now know that that is not my kink." No, it was the cat nine tails too. It was like one of those those leather whips that had all the different little fruity doopties coming off of it, and yeah. Oh, oh, mm -hmm. so like the like a, almost like a tassel kind of looking thing, yeah. but obviously yeah, all out of leather like and, and massive. Yeah. And, you know, there were times where he'd be going a little softer. It'd be like, like he was, he was really laying some smoke on there for a while. So what were some of the other crazy things that you saw at this vendor? 
Um, so nobody came out there in full fur suits, but there were okay. definitely a couple people that went there that had like the leather dog mask and yeah. a lot of people had leashes, but you know, they had leashes too with the full leather dog and the paws and stuff. And that was interesting. Yeah. Um, it was really interesting seeing some of like the old timers that were there. Cause you know, yeah. like, like uh, you know. I have my kinks here and there, but I'm not in like the kink scene at all by any means. And apparently the St. Louis kink scene is coming back a little bit. So it's really weird going out there and seeing like the old guys that you can tell have just been doing coke and slaying dragons since the eighties. Like Yeah. I uh I used mix. to I used to be really good friends with this um this this girl who um had she had an interest in butt plugs that had a fur tail attached to them. Right? And mm -hmm. so she would use said device and have like the the tail hanging from it, but she actually had clothing that would go around this tail so she could go out in public and wear the tail. And nobody knew that this is actually up <laughs> her ass the entire time. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not one for those toys. I mean, I haven't experienced enough in those, I don't think. But I don't think I'd ever get to the point where I'm like, I'm going to wear this out in public. So you see, I have a tail sticking out of my ass. And I want you to wonder the entire time where it's going. Right? I don't shame anybody who does it. Because to be that comfortable with it and like living your life that's fantastic and i am so mm -hmm. happy for you and i'm envious of you for that right oh yeah but how did you get to that level is what i want to know because like i want to be comfortable to an well, extent my thing too like is like you've got to be a real professional to have a butt plug in your ass and not be walking like a penguin like i don't know how you could have that in there and not be walking kind of funny where it's obvious yeah yeah i would definitely be the one who's waddling I would mm. be waddling. <laughs> <laughs> looking, like a, looking like a penguin trying to hold its egg. I would. I would, dude. I just know I would. I haven't done it, but I just, there's just things that you know about yourself. And I just know myself enough to know that I would definitely be walking around like that. What's up, Vincent? Welcome on in. No, this is not my, my partner. This is actually one of my dear friends, Connor. Um, we are talking about how he went to a vendor recently to sell um, some jewelry, um, and it was a kink vendor or a kink rave. It was a rave that he was a vendor at, and it was a, a kink-themed rave. That's what we were talking about. That was so much. I could not get the words out of my mouth just now. <laughs> Try to say kink-themed rave five times real fast. That, yeah, no, I, I, don't think I, I don't even think I could say kink five times fast, okay? I, I stutter enough as is. So trying to get me to say something super, super fast is, like, not happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm always a mush mouth as it is. I cannot talk fast. I'm always amazed by people like Buster Rhymes and stuff like that that can rap like, you know, 30 words per second. I'm like, dude, yeah, I can no, get a sentence. I can't even seconds. I can't even sing his verse and look at me now without um fumbling over my own teeth. It's just um, gonna sound like I'm speaking in tongues. Right, exactly. I mean that song's been out for like what over a decade and I still can't do it. I not gonna no. stop me from trying. I just yeah, I can't do it from though. Practicing for five minutes every day in front of the mirror. Yeah, exactly. One hundred. Not any closer. <laughs> so, what were some other things that you saw at this vendor? We'll go. Ahead, we'll talk about this a little bit longer here. We'll see. Um, what was your favorite part was, of it? Uh, 
that there was a guy that bought a crystal pipe from me who he was like late 40s early 50s and he had this chick that was like maybe in her early 30s on a leash and yeah, yeah. they bought the crystal pipe from me and my friend and she seemed like she was in character because she didn't know she acted like she didn't know like how to use the pipe or anything like that so he had to like show her how to how to do it and she was just acting really ditzy like she was in character so that was interesting <laughs> and yeah just a lot of people very scantily clad and just being as you know the kinkiest them that they could be you know a lot of people with face paint and stuff like that um there's yeah. this one girl that had like i don't know if you remember like princess leia's dress mm -hmm. like whenever she was jabba the Hutt's slave but she was wearing something that kind of looked like that right uh, on somebody had I, I mean a, i would wear that maybe someone had like a zipper on their face right here and going down where it was zipped up there was like all rainbows and stuff yeah there was, oh, there was a lot of cool, cool. interesting folks there do you think that, that I atmosphere too much i was like at my table bending a lot so yeah you know, I'm sure there's a lot of kinky stuff that happened on the dance floor by the, like the performances that I wasn't seeing, but I saw plenty just even you, being at the vendor row. Do you think this was a vendor where you saw people like the happiest though? Do you think it oh, was yeah. like genuinely? Because yeah. I've noticed from I haven't been to like kink raves, but I've definitely been in like bars and stuff. Hi, cool Shmo, welcome on in. Nice to see you here. I've definitely um been to like bars out in St. Louis and stuff where I have um seen like the um just people being like more open like wearing collars or leashes yeah. out in person you know what I mean like the late nights there's a bar it's called the the Black Cat I want to say out in St. Louis um okay. that's a really popular scene for those who are like in the BDSM community um and when I say in the BDSM community, I mean like actively in the BDSM community. And like when they're out there, it's like a safe space for them where like, so some kinks and dynamics that people have, like the standard dom and sub kind of dynamic, right? Every yeah. situation's different, but the generalized one is that you have a dominant person, submissive person, and like you're almost in character. You're like role playing the scenario. And yeah. when they go to this place, so this bar, it's not... It's like a place where they're able to continue that role play that they keep in their home and they're able to do it out in public comfortably and be accepted. And I've met some of the coolest people there that have been so genuinely happy. And there actually was one couple that um, we became Facebook friends for a while. Um, and then some racist crap happened, but that's besides the point. Um, but before that, they were cool and they put on like this whole different persona like on Facebook, right? To where when mm -hmm. they posted stuff on Facebook, I forgot for a second where I knew these people from. And I was like, wait, I'm like, that's not who I met at the bar. So when they're at the bar though, in this safe space, they were able to be out and open and welcoming of their their dynamic that they had. And it was just a really it was a really cool experience for me being somebody I was just there with a friend. The same friend yeah. with the butt plug actually. Um, the same friend, <laughs> but it of was a cool, it's, the butt plug friend. it's the butt plug friend. Yes. But it was a really cool experience because you meet these other people that are like eccentric and like out there and living their truth and having their best life and you're having drinks and hanging out and stuff. And it's just, they genuinely seem like super, super happy to be able to, to, to play this out with them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? 
Mortal, thank you so much for the resub. I appreciate it. I hope you're doing well and I miss you so much. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's that's my experience that I've seen with it of like the, oh, yeah. the BDSM community or the kink community like out in public as well. Um, so are you familiar with the, the concept of like shadow work? Shadow work. Um, in what aspect? So it's a term used in in a in witchcraft where like you get more in tune and you understand more the aspects of your quote unquote shadow self, which would you know yes. fall into the realm of like people's yes. kinks and stuff like that. I and you know feel like feel Esme like has mentioned that things. before. Actually, yeah. I feel like Esme and, and I've like talked about that briefly. These places and these events where they feel safe to kind of live that out and see like-minded people in that way. I think is a form of people doing their shadow work where it's like, you know, yeah. uh, there's a saying of like, if you, uh, if you aren't like in touch with your shadow, your shadow can like control you or overtake you or anything like that. So, you know, you're a much more well-rounded person whenever you are, uh, you know, you know, whenever you can get in tune with your quote unquote shadow self. And that's actually kind of the concept I use behind like the name of my company. So it's funny yeah. how that all like just ties in and stuff like that. Um, oh my God. I was just going to say something too. I was trying to respond to somebody in chat. Like let them know I saw they were here and I appreciate them coming on in. <laughs> um, my friend Jordan actually makes um, a really good point here. So I try not to kink shame, right? I yeah. don't down anybody for, you know, what they do. Um, I feel personally a lot of uh, our personal experiences, especially if you have like childhood trauma or traumatic events happening throughout your life, they do definitely play a role in what our um, desires are or what essentially gets us off or like what's comforting oh, yeah. or like the kinks of it and the aspect of that. However, Jordan does bring up one that is a strange one for me to understand um about the people who they dress up like a baby and they wear diapers and they suck on a pacifier oh, and stuff like that yeah. um i did have a quick a quick story about that there was a guy that i i wouldn't even say that i dated in high school because i wasn't allowed to date as may can tell you my parents were my stepdad was strict okay strict uh -huh. it was bad speaking of childhood trauma um anyway <laughs> <laughs> um but there was a guy, and sh they might actually know this person, too, um, but I'm not going to name drop him. We dated, okay, and I use that lightly, back when I was in high school, and he confided in me one time that he really liked if I wore pigtails because it made me look like I was um, a younger girl. And then a later on time, he confided in me that it was, um, he had like this kink of like, not me actually being a baby, but the idea of being in a diaper and stuff like that. And so obviously I broke things off because I was like, this is weird. And I don't even know what sex really is at this point. I'm like 15. Good move. Right, right, <laughs> right. Um, it's, it's strange to me because it's like, so we can kind of tie in, like I said, childhood trauma or traumatic events in general into like a relation with our kinks. Right. Mm -hmm. So when somebody confides in you that that is 
one of their kinks. Wouldn't that, like, in your opinion, because I know my opinion on this, for me, it would seem really concerning to me where I'm like, okay, in all seriousness, who hurt you? Yes. You know what I'm saying? And oh, yeah. then also, um, absolutely not. And I would, I would definitely seek a therapist on this because I would feel like that is a concerning one. Like I'm all for if you oh, want to yeah. dress up as like a furry character or something, or if you have like a, a really taboo kink is CNC. Um, I'm off. I, I get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I think that is like the one kink where it's like, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to shame it, but I'm genuinely concerned for those who have that kink. Oh yeah. You well, it's like the main the main thing with everything like number 1 out of no matter what you're into needs to be consent, you know. And yeah. the fact that the fact that somebody is in some, it would say that they're in some way attracted to the mindset or look or whatever of somebody who cannot give consent that's like instant red flag, you know, I'm Chris Hansen have a seat right there to the max. Exactly. Exactly. That one is a very, like I said, it's just, it's super. Jordan made a comment saying like, um, you know, like I'm all for kinky things, but not that that's like an immediate turnoff. And like I said, I'm not trying to shame people for wanting to express things, but I feel like if you find yourself being attracted to that idea, then that really is like, you really should seek like actual professional help on that one and like talk to somebody about that because I don't feel like that is a normal like I mean, even saying like furries may not be a normal thing, right? But like that, oh, yeah. that is like really, really not normal and actually like very, oh, yeah. very concerning. Well, because it's crossing that line that never needs to be crossed. Because again, the whole thing with kinks is it needs to be something between consenting adults. So I think that any kink that even right. kind of blurs that line at all, it's just a no-go for me. Right. And like, again, anything in that direction that in any way blurs that line is just not something I think people should even be entertaining in their mindset. Because right. there's so many things out there to be into. Like, there's yeah. literally so many things out there so to many be things. into. Go explore one of those. The other one that I mentioned, I'm not sure if you were familiar with it, but for chats, if you guys aren't familiar with it, it's called CNC. So it's consent not consent so basically it is a foreplay role of a word i'm not going to say yeah and um that one people feel like you know that's like tiptoeing the line etc cetera, etc cetera. but i feel like that one is more so from what i've read or what i've you know because i do my research on some of this stuff because i'm just interested in learning yeah. how the mind works and you know being a victim of the hard r myself um you know, I explore a lot of things just to learn my mind better too, you know? Yeah. And so that one I feel like is like, well, it's literally in the title consent, right? So like there, yeah. there's dynamics, there's rules, there's what they call like people joke about a safe word. There are actual safe words that couples use with each other when oh, yeah. something is too intense for them, you know? So that one mm -hmm. I don't feel like is is tiptoeing the line as much as other people may think because they don't know more about yeah. it. I feel like that's like the only kink that like I am completely against is the whole dressing up as a baby or, you know, yeah. I have well, the CNC thing too. I can see how, like how with certain people, it could bring some sort of catharsis too, because another whole dynamic in, uh, in, I guess the whole 
kink, whatever you want to call it, that yeah. a lot of people misconstrue that aren't into it is the power aspect of it. Like in a in a dom sub relationship, for example, most people on the outside that aren't into kinks or whatever at all like that think that the power dynamic between a dom and a sub is that the dom has power over the sub whenever it's really not. that's just what it looks like on surface level. The yeah. sub is the isn't, one giving consent to the, the sub dom, is and if the dom doesn't have consent, control. the good dom's not going to do anything. So exactly. in reality, the power is with the sub. Exactly. And if you that translate is... it into C and C, somebody who had a bad experience with that in the past, now they're able to control this experience where, yeah, yeah. it's happening, but it's a situation that they have all the control over because yep. literally one word from them and everything stops. Exactly. So I can see why I understand it on that aspect for people. Yeah, that's. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought up that dynamic of the dom and the sub and clarifying because you are absolutely right. When people think of a dom and a sub, they think that the dom is in complete control of everything, and it's not. Though the sub yep. is the one who is in control of everything all the time. It's just. It's just how it is. As soon as you are in yep. that go mode of it. It's like if the sub is okay with this, this is what we're doing. But one, one word, they just have to say one word. And if that happens, it's done. You know yep. what I mean? Like, that's it. They stop. There is no pushing for it because then they've built that trust with that partner, though, where they know that if I say this word, that it's it's done. Like, they're not going to push yeah. those boundaries. So they've established that relationship and that connection and that trust with each other where they're comfortable doing this and they actually enjoy that because like you said they get to actually be in control of the situation yeah it's really interesting like when you dive you deep tell, into kinks um, it's really interesting that's, when you dive i deep. feel a good telltale sign of someone who's like who says they're into kinks and someone who's actually into kinks is because like somebody who is acting like they're into it and doesn't actually understand it is going yeah. to be the person that's like, no, it's me. You do it. It's, you know, the, the yeah. fedora hat wearing edge lords you see on 4chan. Oh God. Or the ones that you are know, on like TikTok that of, make the fake the, videos of the, they call them fake doms because they, they are, they're fake yeah. doms. Exactly. You're, but there, you're not a dom. <laughs> there's some people where it's not sad. Like you see these things and you think it's satire sometimes. And you're like, no, there are people that are actually that fucked up in their heads yeah. about this. Because they have it in their mind that it's like, okay, I'm the dumb. I like being in control, like, blah, blah, blah. You do what I say, yada, yada, yada. Fuck this, fuck that. Okay, at that point, you're not actually a dumb. We have a different word for you. And you should go seek a um, a professional. Uh, or, or, you should go, or, or that. <laughs> or that, you know. Um, yes, Snarky, the fedora. It is the guys that typically wear fedoras that are making these videos that are the fake doms. 100%. The, the 100%. Milady. Yeah. 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 Try to be, excuse me. Oh my gosh. I had a, I had an F3 energy and, um, I just had like a really gnarly burp, but it wasn't like a bad aftertaste kind of burp. So I'm going to add that to the pros list of that. <laughs> There you go. There's nothing worse. Or ones that you can really feel in your nose. Yeah, like that burn the nostrils. No, this one, I actually, mm -hmm. um, it's a new energy drink. Or I don't know how new it is, but it came out recently or it became really popular. And it's F3. And I'll give them like a little shout out here. Oh, wait. I don't think you can like really see it. Uh, there we go. F3 oh. energy. And uh, I'm giving it a test run. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody was hyping it up and stuff. And I was like, okay, is this actually good? Or are you guys just doing it to go ahead and promo sales and your code, whatever? Um, yeah. So I never reached out for an actual promo code myself. I was like, I'm going to use my friend's codes. 
I'm going to get the thing. Um, shout out Iceman. Thank you for the code. Um, I went ahead and I got it and I'm on Tropical Theory. Um, and it's act, this is it's really good. It doesn't give me like the the heart racing, you know, palpitations that I would get from Red Bull. I in my I age now. That, that's my dude, Achilles heel. It was it was my Achilles heel too, the blueberry ones. And the last few times I took it, I had nonstop anxiety. It would be like for over a 24 hour period, my heart would literally like it was hurting. It hurt yeah. so bad from having just one. And I was oh, like, and it sucked because I love the taste of it. And uh, so, yeah, I'm giving it a try. So far, um, you don't have that fake sugary taste. You also don't have that diabetes taste from Monster. Um, and no oh, heart man. palpitations like from Red Bull. So I used to this, drink Monster growing up. That was that was bad. I did too. I did too, but it was it was horrible. So so far so good. I might do a podcast on that next and give my honest review after I've tried all flavors. We'll see. There you go. <laughs> well, I what, have what definitely flavors that you have right now. This one is Tropical Theory. It's the blue one. Okay. You know, um, the Hawaiian punch, like the big jugs, the red and blue jugs, like Hawaiian yeah. punch. It tastes like that actually. And it doesn't Dang. have it doesn't have like that fake sugar kind of aftertaste. Um it's really good. This one, I think Negan's not a huge fan of it because he doesn't like mango. And mm-hmm. so we had like a weird like mango taste like to him. He picked up on it real well because he doesn't like it. Um so maybe that's why I like it so much because I love mango and he hates it. Maybe that's what it okay. is. Um, so there is, if you're not a fan of mango, then probably don't get that one because apparently there is a mango taste. I did not notice it because I'm not super sensitive to it like my bitch boy upstairs. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, Jordan had one more. I don't know if you have any insight on this one. Um, this is one of the kinks where it's like I don't necessarily shame it. I think it's more of a power dynamic. Um but it involves the it's a golden shower or like oh. um yeah i have seen some corn videos where they actually you know in the mouth too which is that's i mean it's gross i'll be honest mm-hmm. i'm not trying to shame anybody if you're watching this if you're listening to this if you're one of those people if it works for you and your partners or partner whatever it is great if you want to tell me about it so I can understand, <laughs> I just feel like, I mean, like, it's different than, like, if I'm taking a shower, you know, me and Negan are in the shower and, like, haha, I peed on your leg. You know what I mean? Like, we're oh, in the yeah. shower. Okay, yeah. you're funny. That's good. Whatever. Ha ha. Um, it just washes right off. Right. Like, it's whatever. You know how many times my kids peed on me? I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, But the whole uh, dynamic of it, like, actually um, in the bedroom kind of thing. I I don't understand it. I I don't I don't shame that one though. Like I don't it doesn't bother yeah. me. Like, I don't think anything's wrong with you for it. I could see it being a power dynamic aspect. A definitely yeah. like a control kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I would de- I would definitely make jokes about it, but I wouldn't shame it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get but, that. I would I would probably make a few jokes or something. Um but now no, scat yeah. play, I'm sorry I have to shame it. I'm I'm sorry. If we're talking about scat play, I am shaming it. That that scat no. like, like, like poop. Yeah, no, I'm I'm shaming it, shaming it right here. Two girls, one cup. Shame. Again, I I wouldn't shame it. Oh, because like if, oh. if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. I don't think 
That one's not as concerning me because I feel like that one is also, I could see that being a power dynamic kind of aspect. P is at least sterile. You can get diseases from Dookie. Dookie I'm not saying I'm not saying that I feel like it's gross, and I'm not saying that I'm not into uh, like, or I am saying that I'm not into it. Yeah. I'm just saying like, if you're into it, cool. I don't want to hear about it though. You know what no. I mean? Like, just no. keep that part private. You know? Um, yeah. But it's different than if you're coming to me, tell me that you want your partner to dress up as a baby. You know what I'm saying? Like that yeah, one is like. That's a red flag too. That's disgusting. I would definitely rather hang out with the with the poop guy than the baby guy. Yeah, exactly. I would. I would. <laughs> I'm, I'm I was, not excited to hang out with either. But if I had to choose, no. If I have to choose between the lesser evil, yeah, that's definitely yeah. that's that's a valid point. I was gonna say the touch baby and, guy, you still get poop because the baby guy is just gonna poop himself. So then I either know, way, you're dealing so with bad. shit. So you might as well deal with like an adult that's shitting. My nostril itches so bad. Oh my god. Um, I was gonna say touching base on the baby kink though. This is something I forgot to cover. I have found, aside from that guy, right, that we talked about, mm-hmm. there is the other aspect of it where I saw a video. There's like these videos that were going around of like my weird kinks or addictions or whatever. This yep. girl would like to dress up as a toddler, sleep in a toddler bed. She wanted to have a passy or a bottle or something. And like the boyfriend was there, like taking care of her, but he flat out was like, dude, this is fucking weird. Yeah. It's, like, it's really uncomfortable. And see, that's the thing too, is like it's it's weird enough if like just you're into it. Okay. If just you're yeah. into it, like I'm I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not shaming whatever. I definitely think it's a red flag, but for the sake of not shaming, I'm gonna say it's weird enough that you yourself are into it. But then like if you have a partner that sees that you do this and they're like attracted to that i feel like that's also yeah. a big, big red flag on that, that part one, too because it's like what do you yeah, got going on dude that one is a being being someone who's attracted to the kink like it turns you on that part is concerning right where yeah. it's like you might be uh a pedo right mm-hmm. but what i'm talking about is the the girls or the guys who who do it for themselves I feel like those are more so like it's not that it's attractive to them. Like it doesn't turn them on. It doesn't do anything sexually for them. That one, I don't know if you consider that. I mean, it's still considered a, a kink yeah. in a sense. But it's I, I like was say, I think that's a very fine line too. It is. Because I think if you're just into it for like a comfort thing and it's not yeah, sexual I think at all. That, okay. I think I think that dives yeah. more so into Okay, you have some some childhood traumas that you need yeah. to you need to heal. Like you know, obviously something know happened when you were a kid. Called, but it's like you know, it's that type of therapy. Uh, it could be some sort of like immersion therapy. Okay, like someone yeah. just if it's not sexual and they're just acting like a child for some sort of comfort thing. I yeah. think we could call that immersion therapy. But as soon as it crosses into the sexual realm at all with that thing, I think that's just yeah. you know two wires that don't need to be crossed and is I think that's, a red flag that's as a good soon point. as it gets sexual at That's all. a good point. So to answer that question, yeah. Jordan, it is if it is the person who wants to dress up for themselves and there's no sexual attraction, that's immersion therapy, we'll say. And then if it's for those who are actually sexually attracted to their partner dressing up as a baby or themselves as a baby, exactly, we have a cure for that. Um, we have a couple questions actually, um, or like opinions on questions here. So let's see here. Um, 
Let's see. I'm amazed at the amount of kinks there are. I'm when you really start diving into it, it there's a there's a shit ton of them, really, because like you can be attracted like anything. Good. You could be attracted to the fact like, oh, I have a pencil sharpener kink. Like she's sharpening that pencil and now I got a boner. You know what I mean? Like it. Li- I believe it. Okay. Um, we're gonna rules of the internet. Rule number thirty-four. There's a porn for everything, so that there, means there's a kink for just about everything. There, there is. There really, really is. If you have not, um, I strongly suggest exploring one day and going to look at all the different categories, and then go into the search bar and just start typing a random word, and I promise you, a video will pop up. Oh yeah. And you know, anybody that grew up with the internet like we did, especially in the early wild, wild west stages of the internet, you know, you've yeah. probably seen some shit. And yeah, yeah, that's just like scratching the surface of the shit that's out there. Let's see here. Um, there's a huge difference in scat play versus eating ass. Yes. Yes. There I is. There is. Yes. I personally. I'm an ass myself, so I will advocate for eating ass. I think every guy in my chat right now is an ass eater. <laughs> Unless Tubsy is still here, then I know for a fact Tubsy does not eat ass. <laughs> and I mean, um, and now, Negan, now, Negan doesn't eat ass either. Ass too, okay? I don't eat like, you know, eight hour shift ass. You know, I no, would prefer probably, like, to eat freshly like, fresh showered. shower ass. Yeah, you right, don't want to okay. eat no eight hour shift ass. I feel like that's the same as eating pussy, though. Like, you don't want to go ahead and like... Yeah, I mean, well, See, if there's a little bit of a patina on the pussy, I'll still eat it. Uh, you, yeah, you know, there are some guys that are like, they, they like some of the guys are just like, I want to taste how your day was. And I'm just like, well, yeah, that's a weird way to put it. If you have it. good hygiene regularly, just eight hours, that, that pussy's still edible. It, it has right. I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. I don't like near the, the booty. I don't I don't I just I don't know what it is. Unless it's not for everybody. Unless like really in the the mood, then I'm like, I don't care. Like, what do you want to do? You know, like and see, alcohol will make things different too. You know, it does. Like it a, does. A lot of people have changed their minds after one night of alcohol and booze. <laughs> they do. They do. And then like you wake up the next day, and you're like, what did I agree to last night? <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is my life now. I'm an ass Let's see here. Oh, I have to scroll up a bit. Chat is like popping off here for a second. Um, okay. So what as far as like baby play goes, right? So we've we've discussed our opinion on baby play. Don't what tell. is right? What is the opinion on littles? I don't know too much about littles, but I feel like littles is like that, isn't it like a a, a child-esque? Vibe? Yeah, it's it's literally just baby play, but they're not babies. They're old, you know, they're older. older, but still not old enough. Still weird. Still crossing wires that don't need to be crossed. Right. So, like, I feel like if if it's like a play on like a dynamic that you do, and you're like, you know, the whole aspect of like taking care of your partner or yeah. like caring for them, like that's okay. I feel like the second that it becomes sexually arousing to you that's when it should be concerning of there's no reason why taking care of a child should arouse you like no reason at all no there's no, no. reason anybody for who's actually taking care of a child should know that it is not an arousing thing it's not Jeez. they're assholes and they're annoying <laughs> right yeah that's a, like, yeah they're supposed to be they're kids they're supposed to be yeah. assholes, dude. 
I, exactly. I think that if you're, if it's the dynamic of like taking care of your partner and kind of stuff like that, I think that's, that's okay. I think when it becomes arousing though, that's when it's concerning and that's, that's yeah. a, that's uh, a line crossed. Again, whenever you're, whenever you're in any mindset whatsoever that involves somebody that is not of a consensual age and you put any sort of sexual aspect in that is whenever it is just a no for me personally. Yeah. And I yeah. think it should be a no for anybody that has like, you know, a soul and any sort of wits about them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jordan says, uh, I mean, childhood trauma makes sense of some of my kinks. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm telling you, there is a, there's a direct oh, yeah. link to and, your childhood. And, not, and, you know, even not trauma. I mean, you know, like, you know, one of my major turn ons is goth girls and stuff like that. And what cartoons did I watch growing up? You know, you had Shigo from Kim Possible. You had Raven from Teen Titans. I'm telling you right now, though, the Hex Girls from Scooby-Doo and Esme. I'm that. telling you right fucking yeah. now, Esme is one of the Hex Girls. I have said that about them since oh, the yeah. fucking day I've met them. That's all I think of when I think of Esme is I think of Hex Girls. I'm like, yes. she a bad bitch. Yes. I'm telling you guys, his uh, wife is like fucking smoking hot. Like, oh, especially when they get up and all the get up and they do the dramatic eyes and shit. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. Mm, questioning my sexuality. <laughs> um, oh, my God, dude. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Esme's a shit. I need somebody out there, you know, that you know, <sighs> has a makeup shop or, you know, somebody needs to discover them because they're I, very dude. talented in that realm of things. It's, I it's really, just like me with being a bachelor. I just don't have the little piece of paper from a college saying that I can do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but everybody snarky... that, you know, is hiring wants that little piece of paper that's a certification <sighs> that you paid way too much money for. I feel like that's becoming less and less common, though, for a lot of for a lot of things. It is, is it becoming less and less common. It does depend on it the industry. On the industry it does. Time. Yeah. As far as like cosmetics go, you have to have a degree. Time. Yeah, as like far as cosmetics go, yeah, all yeah. about who you know. You know, if you know somebody like me, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna go to the new approach school in I think Tennessee next year, and after that, I'll have like my bench jeweling degree and all that. Yeah, but you know, that's because I didn't grow up with somebody in the jewelry industry. If you grew up with somebody in the industry, an aunt, uncle, mom, dad, or something, you don't need any schooling because you're already gonna be behind a bench by the time you're 13 years old. Yeah. Absolutely. Hi, big yeah. time. Sorry, I didn't get to say hi to you. We're running through chat here. Um, let's see here. Papa says I'm not trying to eat ass after a workout from the gym. I think we kind of all kind of all agree to yeah. that part. Um, Snarky so, says in relevance to the goth girl at um, goth girl aesthetic. Danny Phantom is another one. Danny Phantom is another one. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. There was a good question that Jordan had actually. She wants to know what's a normal kink for you versus one you just find outrageous. Um, I mean, obviously the one you know the ones we were talking about earlier. Are yeah, yeah. Outrageous to me. I think um, baby. I think the baby play is the one yeah. kink where I'm completely against. If that's arousing to you, I'm against it. I, that's completely um, uncalled for. Yeah. Not to shame other valid kinks, but one that I really just don't really get and don't fuck with is like you know the whole the whole furry kink. That's a little uh you know just out there for me yeah i don't really understand that one i wouldn't um i personally i'm not against it i think some of the get-ups that people have like the actual costumes i think they look cool you know but i i don't find it arousing or how no 
I don't personally. I'm just yeah. more interested in like how how much work went into your suit. Like that's you yeah. Know, all sexual things aside, the people that like make these suits from scratch are actually really impressive to me. Oh yeah. From, like you know, artist standpoint of it. So yeah. kudos to him for that. You know. Yeah. But absolutely. The things I guess I would be into is like, you know, uh, bondage and stuff like that. I'm really turned yeah. on by that. Uh, um, wax play. Wax play is very fun. Um, I've I've heard about that one. I've seen things about that one. I haven't partook in that, but it's funny you bring that up because when people, this is just a PSA. If you are interested in experimenting with wax play, please buy the appropriate wax. There is specific wax made for yes. wax play that burns. It melts at a different temperature. It doesn't scald your skin. If you use a regular candle, you are going to hurt your partner or yourself. So please, yeah. please, please buy the appropriate wax. And if it's a candle that has like any scents or anything or extra chemicals in there that could like infect the burn too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So do your research. If you're going to experiment, experiment carefully, wisely, you know, this just, just, just do your research. Because yeah. you don't want to hurt anybody because you want to experiment and decide based on the experiment, like if you like this or not, you know what I mean? You don't want it oh, to yeah. be a horrifying experience because you may actually be into it, but you've just missed out on this whole opportunity because you didn't do your research properly beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Then, uh, not so much anymore because, uh, you know, I don't do psychedelics nearly as much as I used to back in the day. In my oh, yeah, you and Esme were big on psychedelics. I remember that. But, but some <laughs> of my best, like, sexual memories in all of my days are, like, you know, mixing with psychedelics because, you know, whatever is just a whole different experience whenever you mix that with it. Yeah, um, yeah. And then just, I guess I have a little bit of, like, a praise kink too like i'm not one of those people that get turned on by being like degraded and stuff like that um, yeah it's the opposite for me i like being praised i guess is yeah. one thing that kind of gets me off and then the main thing though is nothing gets me off better than getting my partner off and have and you know my partner being like receptive to, and you know like if if you're looking down and they don't seem like they're enjoying themselves as much, that's, you know, that then I'm out of it, you know, like that is... looking down and seeing them being in their own little world, absolutely enjoying the experience is what does it more than anything for me. So that is what is referred to in a sense as a pleasure dom. So if you guys don't know what a pleasure dom is, you get off to getting your partner off. There are yes. guys, women, I'm telling you right now, if that is something that you are interested in, please, there are men out there that do this. They aren't stopping until you are there and then some. Okay. Dad, I really hope you're not listening to this podcast. If you have been listening, you're going to want to tune out right now. And that goes for any other family members that are here and they don't want to hear this. Skip over this. Um, I just had to put that Anybody out there real quick because there will be watching this should already know that I was going to talk about at least some. I just don't want my point. dad hearing this. That's it. My dad <laughs> listens to all my podcasts. He tunes in. I did give him a warning last week. He's not going to want to listen to this one and I'm not going to be offended by it. Um, but I will say that is something with my partner now that has been fucking 
life-changing. Also, sorry, my ex-husband is in the chat, and I'm sorry. It's nothing against you. You're probably not going to want to listen to this part either. But um, I will say, if I were to sit here and put a label on the dynamic in this household, it is definitely the standard dom-sub you know, aspect of it. I am not a submissive person. I'm not. I'm a strong-willed bitch, and I am. I don't take any shit. But there is one person on this earth that I am completely fucking submissive for. Ask me for anything. I will move heaven and earth for them. And not just in the bedroom aspect, like in life itself. And that is Negan. And Negan is definitely what we would call a pleasure dom. It is definitely a thing where it's like, if he sees that I am enjoying myself, it's, it's like, oh, my God, like, it's just a fucking the beast mode is activated. Fucking all sorts of primal, um, you know, instincts are kicked in. That one. That's the perfect word, too. I love that word. Primal. That one. Primal and yep. prey. That one is a very interesting dynamic. Very interesting. But, yes, that is, I have to say, um, also, this is not a hickey on my neck. I just scratched myself. I'm so sorry, you guys. Um, <laughs> the irony we're talking about kinks and like right. it looks like I have a hickey on my neck. We're already talking about kinks. No, that was like two weeks ago. I had one on my neck. Um, but this, I just, oh, I have such sensitive skin. It's so awful. Everything I shows up. Uh, the eczema flares up in the winter time too. Dude, um, I was just about to say that my legs get so itchy in the winter time. Oh, dude, you don't even gotta tell me about it. It's like that's my genes too. It's like my kids have it, and so um. They, yep. they get that. They get that for me. Me Boy, and Esmeri both have it, so Silas definitely has it. Yeah. <laughs> the back of his portal arms. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, hydrocortisone actually. Um, okay. There's a, there's a strong a strong percentage of hydrocortisone. Um, I think witch hazel is one too, isn't it? Witch hazel helps too. I will send it to Esmeri actually. There's a strong percentage of hydrocortisone you can get over the counter. It comes in tubs. That actually helps a shit ton um, with eczema during the winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's a different fucking podcast, different day or different conversation right. for later today. Who knows? Um, there are back... so many tangents I could go off on. For right. Hours. I know. I know. I knew this was going to happen with us. I really did. Um, let's see here. I'm going to scroll on up. Jordan said. Oh, Jordan said talking, choking and spanking. Jordan, I need you to elaborate on that message so I can actually relay that in the in the uh, the conversation here but yes um fun fact also so i'm gonna educate you guys if you have never done the choking before and you come across a partner who is very interested in it there is a specific way to do it though the idea is to cut off blood flow not air circulation so it's right around here not the windpipe we're not asking you to crush our windpipe so we can't breathe we're asking you to choke it right exactly it's here you want to no cut off the blood here, flow a bit. All the pressure exactly. needs to be there in the fingertips. You don't want to push it down. You just want to get there and eat. Again, that is just, it, we're just educating you so you guys can have safe sex. Okay? Because we want you to have fun <laughs> and experiment. If, you know? And if you're going to experiment with choking, here's another thing too. Experiment with a partner. Find a partner who wants to experiment with you and experiment yes. with them. Do yes. not experiment with choking by yourself because 
I have seen too many, you know, I'm sorry that people died, but I've seen too many hilarious photos on Google of what's called autoerotic asphyxiation. And if you haven't seen that before, give that a Google search and then you'll know why you need a partner if you're going to experiment with choking. Yeah, exactly. Um, Let's see here. Yes, mortal. I dig it. I was getting to yours next. So sorry about that. Um, Let's see. Do you prefer body massage or feet massage? So fun fact. I hate feet play. I'm not knocking it if that's what you're into, but I personally do not want you to touch my feet. I don't. Now, if Negan came to me and told me that he desperately wanted to touch my feet, I'll let him. If he wants to give me a foot massage every once in a while, I do like when he rubs my feet because my feet hurt. Do not kiss my feet. Do not suck on my toes. <laughs> because it makes me feel weird. It's the weird feeling yeah. on my feet and the tickly, the ticklishness. It's just like obviously if that's something he's really into, then I'll I'll compromise. I'll give it a try a couple times and see if this is something that I can, you know, get into for him. But don't ask me to do it to you. Please yeah. don't. I mean I will, but like don't, please. You know what I'm saying? Like it's one it's, oh, it's yeah. yeah, I I do like the body massage, but to be fair, um, the two times I wanted a body massage, I got pregnant, and I'm not trying to have any more kids. So I would like a body massage yeah. that doesn't end in pregnancy. That's what I was yes. going to say. I love giving massages, too, <laughs> but, like, every time I give a massage, it's like, uh, can't, this isn't what how I wanted it to end. I, I, yeah. thought, I thought I just wanted it to end with a massage, but I don't, because as soon as you get down to the butt, it's game over for you mentally. You're not focused on the massage anymore. Yeah. You're focused on the butt. Yeah, because then, like, then you're seeing the juicy booty, and then you're just, like, squeezing it, and then, like, when you get up top and you're on the shoulders, then you're pressing all up against it and shit, and then you're uh-huh. like, all right, it's cool. Like a so wizard with his crystal ball. He just yeah, you're like, are we ready to go on to the next step now? <laughs> <laughs> And foot massages, man, my body and my feet be hurting, so I like receiving both. Um, But see, you have to be good at giving a foot massage because you can't tickle. I absolutely hate being tickled anywhere at all, but feet especially, I hate being tickled. So, like, but, bro, if, like, you can give a good foot massage and, like, pop the toes and everything, I love being popped. I'm a big popper. Like I am, uh, too. Pop everything. I wouldn't say, like, popping is a... Yeah. It's not like a. So good. It's not like a, like a. It is euphoric, but not in like a. I'm turned on kind of aspect. It's like a. It just releases so much. Like I just sat here and just popped on my fingers actually, and I was like, oh my god, my hands feel so good right now. Like I love it. I love a good back pop. Like if you can give me a good back pop, oh yeah, it's over with. And I love popping people too, dude. Like people who like there's nothing cooler than like you know somebody you know not even a sexual thing at all, but like somebody you know whose back is hurting super bad, and you're like, all right, come here, and you squeeze them, and you just feel that thing pop all the way down. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. Yep, I did that. It's really difficult. It's really difficult to pop Negan's back. Negan actually puts his hands back behind, and he is like a fucking bendy straw, and he can like tilt all the way back and pop all the way down. Yep. Once every like eight months, he'll have like this one spot that he can't get and it like kinks up a bit and he'll have to like lay down on the ground and have me try and like dig it out with my heel. Mm. I've only been able to get it one time. But when I tell you, I when I got it out that one time, I was like, ain't nothing stopping me. I was like, oh, on top of this world, <laughs> I accomplished something today. 
Yeah, for Hell sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, pops are just good. You know, n- not even sexually at all, but pops are just pops. Are yeah, life, yeah, they're good. They're good. <laughs> well, I think that's pretty much it. Um, they're all diving into like feet massages and then right. foot, foot things and, and stuff like that. Um, I don't think I personally had any more questions. Did you have any questions for me or for the community or for um, the pot? Like, did you have any questions yourself? Uh, no, not exactly. I'm a blank slate, man. I've, I've, <laughs> I've, I've been just divulging. I haven't even been thinking of questions. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's this tough to do fun, sometimes. It's definitely been fun. It has. It's been fun. I'd love to have you back on. Maybe we'll do like another little segue into kinks because the community seems to really love it. I got a bunch of freaks in oh, my yeah. community. They've all been exposed. And there are plenty of other <laughs> subjects I can go on for days about too. If anybody in the chat, if this sounds interesting to anybody in the chat, you know, music like Psytrance and stuff like that. If uh, yeah. y'all haven't heard of Spongle before, give Spongle a YouTube search and that'll be a pretty good encompassment of my music taste. I love, you know, like esoteric studies and stuff like that. Like I've been slacking on them a little bit recently, but I've been starting to learn Latin and, and you know, I just love studying ancient religions and philosophies and stuff like that. Yeah, you're a big so I weirdo. Just, I think all that stuff's really cool too. And I could literally talk for yeah. days about that shit. So if that sounds interesting <laughs> to anyone, we could go into that too later. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you coming on in today's episode. Uh, before we do leave here, I wanted you to let everybody know where can we find you at, what socials, your handles, and if we wanted to yeah. get any custom-made jewelry from you, which by the way, guys completely fucking affordable prices too it's insane you wouldn't even think it until you get a quote and then you're like oh my god only that much um where can we find you if we want to place an order or if we wanted to go ahead and uh you know look up your stuff so i need to get a website built so it's a little more user friendly but i know somebody that builds websites at uh, at shadow magic gems and jewelry just all one word and then i've been posting on tiktok honestly more than anything else recently because i've been trying to grow that following i'm at about 750 followers right now and once i get to a thousand i can start doing live sales on there which is what i really want to do so tiktok is uh shadow magic gems underscore jewelry on tiktok and you know if anybody's ever looking for anything they can always shoot me a dm i'm a Production has always been kind of the hardest thing for me, jewelry-wise, is because, like, you know, having the time and the energy to wrap. But I'm really trying to up my production pendant-wise. And then I've got literally a whole tray of cabs that I've cut and polished myself. And then my gem room's a mess right now, but, like, I've literally got gems and crystals and mineral specimens fucking everywhere. (laughs) So if anybody's in need of anything to do with rocks, they can hit me up. I'm I'm an open book. Uh, My customs list is probably going to be, for the most part, closed until after Christmas. But if anybody really wants something before then, they can hit me up and I can can crank it out before then. Perfect. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Connor. Thank you so much for coming out with us. Um, I did want to give, yeah, I did want to give a big shout out to my community too. Um, We are yet again the number one podcast on Kick Streaming for um this is 11 weeks in a row now guys 11 weeks and it has been an amazing 11 weeks i've had a lot of fun with you guys um i do i this has been great (laughs) um so thank you so much for that and with that being said um i will see you guys 
uh, tomorrow with our normal stream. And again, next Sunday, don't forget, we do have a special guest. It is country music star Grayson Rogers. I will start dropping some of his links throughout stream throughout this week. We'll be listening to his music. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Connor, thank you so much for coming in and speaking with us. And uh, you. you'll have a great day.